question. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Josh and Joe podcast. Coming to you perched high above the thirsty owl on a sunny autumn day. Beautiful day, actually. It is lovely out there. Yeah. And it's been, you know, we're finally getting nice weather and it's beyond summer. It was a dreary weekend, wasn't it? Well, it depends where you were. I was far enough west in Rome, New York, mm. where we just got cloudy weather, but it was continuously like 65 degrees the entire weekend. Same here, but... Um, did I it would, rain? Did it not rain here at all? At night it did, mm. but also uh, when I say dreary, I do mean the overcast, where's the it sun, was. It was, you know, yeah. situation. So you had a big weekend. Yeah, I um, went to Rome to play in what's called the cup cup so the first part cup my last name and uh and then cup like the trophy and it's, it's a big huge very spirited competition between amongst all the members at rome country club my brother's golf course yeah formerly my parents golf course mm. and seco has been recruited the last two years to play and i just didn't think he had played enough golf last fall nor was he ready for the uh, version of adults behaving, behaving poorly, drinking a lot of beer uh, and gambling and a lot of swearing and club throwing, um, that sort of thing. Now Seiko's totally into he's, all that. He's ready for all of it. He's ready for all of it. Um, and we just had a wonderful time. I uh, He had to wear, he had to get dressed up Friday night. Yes. And, um, and I went out, was it Wednesday afternoon, and tried to find... This color shirt, this color jacket, like sports jacket, you know, like a legitimate, you know, blazer, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the What's the difference between a sports jacket and a blazer? Is there a difference? I couldn't tell you because I don't dress men, but sports coat and a blazer. You're I, a fashion guru. Yeah, you should but not know for the men. Not for men. All I'm right. not that picky for All right. Men. So anyways, so then I'm in Kohl's, which is just a black hole of hope, I feel like. <laughs> I went in there, and the price tags in there are so silly. It's like, regularly priced at $82. This could be yours for $48. And every time I see that, I'm like, no fucking way would I ever pay $82 for this. I wouldn't even pay $47, so I don't even think that price is good. Remember we had this conversation? We you Kohl's were making fun so of me, and I was bad. like, I don't shop at Kohl's, not because good I'm a you. snob, no, but because I good know stuff there. it's overpriced. Right, yeah, yeah, it's no good. Yeah. So I try to find this and that, and the color, like they had jackets that would fit him, and they had like kind of little suit type things that would fit him, but it weren't the colors that we needed, because you, your team, Oh. Sika was playing on Uncle Wes's team, on the um, the Wesley Wessers is the name of the team, <laughs> um, and he needed a black jacket, black pants, a gray shirt, and a red tie. Not a lot of gray dress shirts for sale for kids. No, no, so no, yeah. I ended up just going online on Amazon. I was gonna say, and I bought an entire suit that came in this folded <laughs> up in this plastic bag. <laughs> And you have to guess what size. Like, there's no way you're going to know. No. And it fit perfectly. And he really enjoyed that. I don't think he enjoyed Aww. the dressing up. But I think he enjoyed the u- uniformity of being on a team and that everyone was wearing it. That is very cool. Oh, I got some great photos of him rolling dice and playing craps. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, you guys had like a casino night beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're mostly degenerate gamblers, but um, <laughs> it was really fun. But also for Seiko, <clears throat> it's feeling like he's one of the... One Big of the guys. One of the and guys. He's a oh, he loved it. He loved it. And That's he played, a really cool experience. Played really well, and he, and he um, 
Well, he played, you know, if his handicap is like, let's say he's a seven, you know, he shot within his handicap. All three played, you know, he played 54 holes and he pretty much shot 78 three straight times, which is great. Whoa, he's getting... The white tees are a lot longer at Rome Country Club than they are yeah. at most places. Most white tees are like 61, maybe 6,200. The white tees at Rome are like 64 and change. Oh, so okay. it, he played it from really long is mm-hmm. the best way to, to say this to the layperson. And um, he was wildly consistent and it was just a lot of fun. Good. That was actually a question for you because he's been playing a lot of golf in the last year or mm-hmm. so and he's really into it and you're you guys are constantly at different golf courses met sometimes even two or three a day correct um and he's just loving it yeah. um do you see the growth and the uh i mean the guy's pretty sophisticated i've seen him on the golf course it's incredible yeah uh, do you see like a jump or a steady growth w- what are you seeing because this is a critical age this was a critical age for my son as far as a jump between being a youth and a teenager yeah. and then the hormones kick in and puberty kicks in. So things happen fast within a year from my own personal experience. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I think he's headed a little bit further, but not much. Um, <clears throat> but the biggest growth is just kind of how to deal with bad shots and how to um, strategize on the course. Oh, yeah. I think when... Late spring into summer, he needed a handicap for something. I don't know if it was for a tournament or whatever it was. And I felt like we were being a sandbagger in golf as someone who says they're a 10, but they're really a 5 because they're trying to get extra shots in a, uh. in a match, which is not very ethical, but a lot of people do that. I think calling him an 8 earlier in the year was kind of being an anti-sandbagger where you have someone who's very boastful and very prideful who says they're a two handicap when they're really like a seven or eight. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. They don't care about losing a few bucks in a match, but they want to go tell everyone they're a two instead of a six or an eight. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Be like fudging your resume, you know? Correct. Um, Not you, Joe, but anyone, you plural. And right now I could comfortably say Francisco is probably about a 6.7, whereas in the late spring, early summer, I felt like we were – very minorly fudging saying he was an eight. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a shot and a half of, of worth of growth and, and improvement um, in that time is fairly substantial, I would say. Yeah. Um, where it's really going to come is when he really grows a lot and he can hit it further. Because he's always going to have you the short physically game. grow, right? Physically yeah, when he, grow. yeah, when he grows physically and he can hit it. Like if he hits it right now... 195 in the air and it rolls out to 215 or 220 if it's you know firm out or even relatively dry um i think by the time next summer rolls around he's going to grow another two inches and he's going to you know gain 10 pounds and he'll just hit it further that way yeah you know um so i think he's on a very I don't think at any point in any athlete's career on the history of this planet anyone can be on a more upward trend of their bell curve of their athletic mm-hmm. ability in any sport mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i do mean that and i don't think that francisco is the best 12 year old ever pick up a golf club and i don't really care frankly if he right. was or wasn't but he is does happen to be very good and i can't think of a time where you grow more as a human between like 12 and 14 as a as a male of the species yeah. you know maybe between 13 and 15 you know maybe you don't grow a ton at 12 but you grow a lot at 13 14 15 yeah 
he's going to get so much better. It's going to be ridiculous. I, I mean, we got done playing in that and, yeah. and he played in the singles, the, the um, match play portion where it's just one person against another on yeah. Sunday against probably the second best player on their team. And I'm sorry, and he l- said, let me, let me preface this by saying mm-hmm. the rest of them were adults. Yeah. There's 12 people on each team. So there's right. 24 people that took, took part in this. Mm-hmm. And, all of the other 12 people are like, I'm legitimately not playing him next year. And this is when he's 13. Wow. And you he know, just turned 13. You know, and JR, so this guy that he played in yeah. in the singles, I've had a couple of days now to kind of get past it. And JR is a very fiery tempered guy. Um, he might be a little, on first, first glance, might be a little bit difficult to root for. I've known JR for 20 years, 25 years. And I know who he is and I know who he isn't. Yeah. And there were times where things weren't going well in the match and he'd kind of throw the ball up and try to hit it with his putter. And he threw his putter one time and it hit his own teammate on the 13th green because Sika won that hole. Yeah. Um, he didn't hit him with like the metal end, but like he kind of tossed it on the ground and it hit his partner. I just remembering that now talking right, about right, it. Right. And to anyone who has never met him, you're like, what a prick, you know? And he's just, he's just that way. And there's there are a lot of redeeming qualities for Jr. too, but you know he got done. And when he beat Francisco only by one shot, by the way, you're kidding. Um, then it was very easy for him to be nice and sweet <gasps> and complimentary, and how great Seiko is going to be. But the real test is like if Seiko found a way to beat you on the last hole, which was very possible, by the way, because he is a fucking grinder. I'm so proud of him. I'm not proud of like hitting it straight or hitting it far he made this putt on 17 joe and i sent you the video yeah amazing it was like an eight footer and you're like oh who gives a shit josh you made an eight foot putt this thing broke a foot and a half mm-hmm. and it was so fast and he made it it would have gone in a thimble it wouldn't he didn't need the entire width of the hole like if if the hole was big enough for that ball to fit in it would have fit in it was so yeah gorgeous and he just he didn't he wasn't like pointing at jr he wasn't taunting him he just a fist pump and like he got so much better at that point yeah you know if you go from picking up a club for the first time Mm -hmm. and let's say the ultimate would be winning a major championship as a professional golfer Mm -hmm. and there's 100 points in between that you know elevating your game to get to that point he went up a full percentage point in making that putt wow and he kind of he kind of subconsciously knows that, mm-hmm. but me having gone through all that, I know it. Mm-hmm. And that moment where it went in, mm-hmm. everyone that was around him that cared, right? They all knew it, wow. whether they knew it or not. And it was a really gorgeous thing to watch. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't work out on the last hole the way we wanted it to because Jr. had a really great last hole. He really did. He mm-hmm. really did. Mm-hmm. And that's where a good human is. Like someone who maybe they're not perfectly fond of all the time or they might think has some growing to do as a person themselves. I, I felt very happy for Jr. that he hit really three great shots in the last hole yeah. to defeat my kid who I am <laughs> head over heels in love with and have been for 12 and a half years, right. you know, but I can see the beauty in him losing that match and knowing that there's growth to be made both yeah. as a player and as a person to oh. be able to be like, Ah, this guy was pretty short-tempered, and he kind of came across as a dick, but he is a good guy, you yeah. know? And it's interesting because the last time we were in Rome, which was about a month ago, we came through, and I I didn't feel good about the equipment that Seiko had. I think he needed one more wedge to hit a shot that's higher around the green. And an old friend of mine has this um, 
teaching and uh, club repair facility in Whitesboro, New York, which mm-hmm. is right near where the first course my parents have is called Hidden Valley. Uh, and his name is Dustin Jones. And he's such a nice guy. He got him a wedge. He bent it perfectly. He bent it so that it was the right loft, which is things that no one really thinks of. They just get a club off the rack, you know, and put a new grip on it and did all these awesome things for him. And as we were leaving, JR was coming in, who I've known, again, for 20, 30 years. Seiko never met him. We didn't know that in a month's time, they were going to have this blaze battle, but Seiko got to meet him that day as well. So it was kind of neat. And in that in that circumstance, he, was, he like gave me a hug. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" So that's how I know Jr. is a good guy. Yeah, he just in the heat of the moment sucks at times, mm. and people have just kind of given him this pass. And I want to kind of take him aside after the heat of the moment, and be like, "Here's what you need to do." And I'm telling my kid this, so I'm going to tell you this too. Right. And if you want to tell me I'm a prick for an adult giving another adult advice on how to live life a little bit better, that's fine. You can dismiss it, but you'll be a, a more light guy if you do this. Right. Have less of a difference between when things are going shitty and when things are going well. When things are going well for him, he's like, oh, he's going to be one hell of a player. Oh, it's so good to see him. I'm so glad you came up for the Cup Cup this year. But when he's when it's going bad, it's like, brah, 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 fuck this, fuck that, <gasps> throwing his club. And there's got to be a less of a difference between when things are going well and when they're going poorly. And I try to tell, I try to teach that to Seiko. Yeah. Like when he's in a, I can always tell when he's in a school match and I can't watch him play, but I watch him on the last hole. You know, if he's like, it looks like he's not talking to the media, which is a fun way of saying there's no one covering right. the golf match. But like he's not talking to anyone, I can tell he's in a shitty mood. But when things are going well, he's like, oh, hey, he's talking to some kid from Shen or he's talking to some kid from right, South right, Colony. Right, right, right. Oh, so how do you like school so far? Do you like your teachers? I remember, like, yeah. It's nice to check in. Yeah. But check in when you're going to shoot 43, not just when you're going to shoot 38. Mm. So. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, we could transition to that for the, for the podcast. There's so, so many ways to transition say, out of that. Just this is try so to be consistent. I mean, it's, it's great to be in a great mood, right? We all love that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get NRE back out again because we've put that back in the toy box, yeah. I feel like. But, um, you know, when, when you're having a tough day, just try to be as consistent as you can. We've been talking about this for the last four or five hours we've been talking about you know challenges that we have and 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 organizations or people or whatever we just talk about how you know the best people to be around you know i don't mean to steal a line from caddyshack how many times have you seen caddyshack i i just saw it like less than a month ago yeah so the big yeah. line from judge smales who's kind of the yes. antagonist in, yes. the, in the show yes so he invites danny who's the caddy he thinks that he's asking him to do something social. And he's like, oh, what are you doing this oh, weekend? He's yes. like, oh, I have no plans. He's like, how about mowing my lawn? Right. <laughs> he's like, well, and, and Danny's like, oh, I thought you were going to ask me to do something fun and hang out. He's like, well, when you're done mowing the lawn, come down to the yacht club. I'm going to christen the new boat. Right. So he comes down and he gives a speech when he's ready to break the bottle of champagne over the bow of the boat. And he goes, it's easy to grin when your ship comes in, but the man who's worthwhile is the man who can smi- can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs> so that's like a stupid, cheesy, right. rich white person line, but there's a lot of truth to that. That's true. And JR, who's probably watched Caddyshack 5,000 times because he, he makes me look like I can't stand golf. Mm. So he's seen the movie a thousand times. Right. Listen to the Judge Smales speech. Yeah. Come on, man. He's, qui- he's quite, uh, yeah, I-, I see what you're saying. But to me, here's what I would say to JR if, I saw what Jr. just did. Your paths will cross. You'll be up at the club when he's there. I would love to. You be and up I are the too club. close to not 
be in that situation Seriously, where you're not going to meet Jr. I haven't been to the club. I've never been to the. All club. right, well then, yeah, I'd love that weekend. That's a weekend. Yeah. So I would say to Jr. If I were Jr. and I am just pissed off, it's hot. I'm having a bad day in golf, and I would quickly recognize that I have a child. Yeah. Next to me, watching how I am acting. Yeah. And I'd probably, if I lost it and I ended up throwing a club into the lake. I would probably look at Sika and be like, this is exactly how you, you shouldn't act. Right. And I like, think that conversation was probably had in the clubhouse. I hope so. But, I hope but so. the conversation was had after he won, so he's in a good mood. <gasps> yeah. So then you can say anything disparaging about yourself when yeah. you've won and you're happy about stuff, right? Yeah. But I told everyone on Friday night, I said, Francisco's 12, but you can swear in front of him, you can drink in front of him, you can... You know, throw your club in front of him. I don't, I'm fine with all of that. And he's ready for that or else I wouldn't have him play. Like I literally yes. had that conversation. Yes. But at the same time. And the other part of it is when he hits a bad shot, he's so mean to himself. He's like, JR, you fucking suck. And bah, 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 bah. And, I, and I talked to him afterwards after he'd beaten my child. Oh my God. One up. Yeah. Which was a brutally close match. I was going to say, I'd be a little embarrassed, actually. You can watch. There's two times a year where there's match play. There's, like, the, the World Championships where they play match play on tour. And you can watch. Like, hardly any of the matches go down to the 18th hole. <clears throat> Even though you might have number 45 in the world playing number 47 in the world. And they're really evenly matched. And 47 might beat number 45 four and three. Mm-hmm. Meaning four up with three to play. So it's very rare that it gets that close. Mm-hmm. But... We were done. We were done for a half an hour, and I just said, "We were done for five minutes." And I'm like, "Jr., you're kind of a dick out there." But wait, you did say this? Yeah, a hundred percent. I said Ooh, this to him. Okay, he's twice my size. He's probably six <laughs> foot two thirty, and he's one of those guys that just looks like. Is that where the black guy is from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. And I said, "You're a dick out there." I don't care that you're a dick in front of my kid because he's twelve, going on a hundred. He's an old soul, Seiko. But you're such an asshole to yourself as well as just being an asshole in general. And I said, we were on the 13th hole. This is the hardest hole in the course. 450-yard dogleg right, trees on both sides. He hits a great drive, and he hits an 8-iron to like 15 feet. And it's in the air, and he's like, ah, it's terrible. JR, you dumb prick. you know. And I'm like, if Tiger Woods in his prime hit an 8-iron to 15 feet, he'd be excited about it. I'm like, you're not good enough to be mad at that yeah. shot. Which sounds like a dig, but it's not. It's just like me trying to tell him to be better to himself. And that can be, that doesn't have to anything to do with golf. It's like everyone should be better to themselves. Like we can go in a million different directions with this podcast because I don't want to keep talking about yeah. golf. Well, actually, but, it, it is a very good transition. Like, you know, you do find yourself in, when I say you, meaning all of us find ourselves in a situation where we're not having a good day. It's, it's not a good whatever. You're in a bad mood. Things are going shit. And, um, you know, I, 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 remember we talked about superpowers on this podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think I'm pretty good at, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, you've known me long enough and had enough interactions with me to sure. contradict me. I have the ability to just step outside of myself and say, okay, calm down and think, what do you look like to other people in the way you're acting right now? Yeah. And what are other people's perspectives? What are right. their experiences to, to perform the way they have? Right. Like, like, you know, does someone else have hurt feelings about something that's a similar situation? Like, you do a wonderful job at that. I think I try. If we if we would all be so fortunate to have good friends who think before they act, or if they've acted and they may have acted poorly, think about that. I just don't think that many people do that. 
And and I don't want to say it's because it's a fundamental flaw in their life. It, maybe it was because of the way they were raised. You know, their parents never told them to act properly or in, or just breathe and, and take it all in and try not to be self-centered. Right. I don't know where I'm going with this. But in a situation like JR, my bigger concern would have been how Seiko is watching me. Yeah. Seiko, who is a young kid who is going to be on the golf course a thousand more times. Yeah. Do you really want to be the person who showed him that it was okay to act that way? You know, it's right. It's not. And a good he life. knew. I think yeah. he heard me have that conversation, but he heard it more. And you know, you were a prick out there today, but you're more than that too. Because I can handle. I'm a grown ass man. I can watch yeah. a guy throw a club. I can handle that. And you know what? Truth be told, Seiko can too. We've already talked about that. But I can't handle someone that I care about. I do care for Jr. For him to be so shitty to himself. That was the worst look for me. Yeah. You know, and I, I've I've talked about how that round went with several people that I'm very close to. Yeah. And I've not really shared that part of it so much. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't need much time to get to that spot where I yeah. kind of felt bad for him. Because he can be a much better golfer if he wasn't such an asshole to himself. But it's interesting. When did you learn in your lifetime to be that way? Because I have heard you talk about and say stories, tell stories about, and you know, I, I you know, I love Teddy Cop. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I adore him. But there were times when you hit a bad shot, and you prefer that he didn't say anything from the peanut gallery because yeah. it was demotivating versus motivating. Yeah. So was it that experience that made you go, "I'm going to do something different in the way I approach"? My son and other people. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to encourage them versus, you know, further discourage them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just having a sense of equity, like understanding what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And there are very few people that I could find myself ever rooting against. Mm-hmm. And. Folks, you can think we're doing a podcast about golf. We're not. <laughs> if, if, if you can't draw the metaphor between what we're talking about in life, then <laughs> you're <listen. laughs> dim-witted. I don't know how, to, how else to say that. Right. Um, JR is a great example. I think if anyone came into that situation and never met him, they'd be like, man, I hope he hits this next one in the trees. I always just want everyone to play well. And then hopefully I feel like I'm going to find a way to play a little bit better than someone else. I don't want everyone to hit a bad shot. Not only was he not well behaved, he also had probably four times in that round where he hit a ball into the trees and it bounced out into the middle of the fairway. And you would like to think that the golf gods would go, I do believe in the golf gods. Yeah. I don't believe in God, <laughs> well, but I, I believe in the golf well, gods. Well, I believe in the fashion gods, so oh, well, I, I will allow you to go. We have a parallel. <laughs> and it happened on the first hole. Seiko piped one right down the middle. Right. He deserved to be down the middle. Right. He went into these right trees, which we call prison over there, because from over there, you can't do anything. Like, it's just, you have to kind of punch out. <laughs> it's prison. And it bounced right out into the middle of the fairway. And Seiko already started to grumble a little bit. And this was his uh, biggest weakness the whole weekend. So you want to talk about, oh, maybe he didn't putt well, maybe he didn't chip well, maybe he didn't drive well, maybe his iron sucked. He was too attached what the other team was doing. Sometimes it was a team. It was he and someone else against two other guys. And then the last day, it was just him against JR. He was so attached to what everyone else was doing, it took focus off of what he needed to get done. Classic so youth again, mistake. More metaphors. Youth mistake. Absolutely. Yeah, my friends are doing this. My friends talk back to their mother or their father, so I'm going to do it. Like, there's so many parallels here. It is 
yeah. uncanny, right? Yeah. But um, that was his biggest, you know, miscalculation of the weekend. And then we had a moment in the singles where we drew a little bit of attention because of Seiko being, prodigy is the wrong word, but to be being a, a good young golfer right. and me having the history that I have of golf at that course and in that region. Okay, wait. So everyone wanted to see what he was doing. Okay. Also, I was going to say, were people <clears throat> trying to say that that was an unfair situation because you guys had genetics and skills behind you or... Oh, no, it's cool? a handicap. Were they cool? Handicap. Were they I mean, cool? Right. If you're an 80 year old man and you have a seven handicap, you have a seven handicap. You're yeah. at this quality of golf. I see. Yeah. If you're 12 and you're trending upwards and you have genetics on your side, then you're still seven handicap. So it doesn't make any difference right. there. But everyone was intrigued. So there were a lot of times where Seek would be hitting a shot uh-huh. and there would be people around, not <laughs> just he and I and two other people, mm-hmm. there were people watching. Now, there were a couple of times where maybe he didn't hit a tea, good tee shot and he was over by the trees and there was branches overhanging or he did a bad lie in the rough. Right. And again, metaphor not too far away, so don't get too annoyed by the fact that we're talking golf. So he was in a situation where he had to determine what club could he choose where the trajectory would stay under the tree branch but get as far down close to the hole as he could. Right. And we had a disagreement on what that club would be. Now, I've played literally 8 million more golf holes than he has at a much higher level. I've played so much golf with him, and I get to watch the trajectory off of his club. When you hit a shot, it's already halfway to the green by the time you even look up. You'll see it, right. So I know every trajectory. Like, I could tell you, if he he was standing out, out there, I'm just pointing to the grass over by the Springs Motel, and there was a tree there, and there was a satellite dish there for their satellite TV, and there's a barbecue over there I can see, and there's a couple other trees. I could say from 10 feet away from it or 40 feet away from it what he would get over with which club. I know that. Wow, yeah. Does that, does that make me gifted? Probably not. It just means I play a lot of golf, and I've watched him hit a lot of shots. Yeah. So there was one time early in the round on the fifth hole where we were having a discussion. I'm using air quotes, and he did not want to hit the club that I wanted. Ooh. Was it because he didn't believe in the information I was giving him? No, he was stressed in the moment. And then in sports and in life, when things aren't going well, everything kind of speeds up. Yes. And you feel like you got to make these decisions. And your first instinct, you want to be right, but it might not be. And when someone who's wiser and older comes and says, hey, that's the wrong move, even if it is the right move, they don't want to hear it and they want to make their own decision. Yeah. So we had the early teen situation happen. Oof. In a three-hour stretch of time. So the first time, he hit the club that he wanted to, and it didn't go horribly, but didn't go as well as it would have if he had hit in the club that I asked him to hit. And he recognized it immediately. He goes, yeah, I would have gotten closer to the green with the club that she said. So we get in the back nine, and the shit's really speeding up because now he's one down after 12. We're on 13. JR hits a great drive, right. and Seiko kind of hits one off to the right. And Seiko's outweighed by... 2.5 times by this man. So say, he hits yeah. it further. So he can't afford to have JR hit a straight drive in a long hole mm-hmm. and Seiko to hit a kind of a sideways drive by the trees. So he's got this bad lie in the rough and I'm like, and he's getting ready to hit five iron again. Mm-hmm. It was the same situation. I said, no, 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 no. You can hit hybrid here. And we get into it in front of people that I love and care about. So we're having not a tete-a-tete. It wasn't that bad, right. but a spirited discussion. And I wanted to slow that discussion down. <coughs> I, I, I started talking slower. I said, Seiko, I'm not going to talk about five. 
the fifth hole where you made a decision that was different than what I had suggested and it maybe didn't work as well as it should have. And he's like, you're right. Give me the hybrid. Oh. And he smokes it right down right in front. Of, it almost got to the green from 205, which he can't hit a hybrid 205. And it almost gets on the green and he's just like, yep. And I said, I said, Seiko, as we're walking down here, we're playing in a match, trying to win, and that's fine. But right. like, this is a moment that's bigger than that. Like, you're going to be going through a lot of tough stuff. There's going to be difficult homework assignments. There's going to be difficult social mm. situations. I am on your team. If you think you can think of anyone in this world who wants what's best for you more than I yeah. do, please name them. Because yeah. the only thing it could ever be is a tie. No one's ever going to love you more than I do. And there's no way I would try to pick the wrong club for you. Yeah. It might, my, my idea might know it and I'd always be right. He could have hit that shot and it could have gone up, hit the tree branch and come back and hit me in the <laughs> face, right? But it didn't. It stayed under yeah. by about a foot and he whacked it and went way down. It was a great, it was a great decision. Yeah. And I said, I'm always going to give you what I think is the best idea. I'm not open. It's not like I'm not open to you having a suggestion. Mm-hmm. If you have one and I'm like, whoa, that does make more sense, then I will happily acquiesce on that. But it was really neat because I think we got through our early teens of having differences of on opinion, the golf course, right. but not even on the golf course, like in life, he's going to want to, you know, go to Lake George village with his friends when he's 16. And I know damn well, they're going to go have Smoke drinks and it's a bad and idea. And, and I'm like, boy, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. Then he's going to go using it. You know, he's going to be in the car with someone who's not drunk, but you know, something small, like where someone was drinking a Bud Light in the back and they got an open container ticket and his name was in the paper. And I'd be like, told you yeah and yeah. i don't want to be i told you so i just want to be like boy i think it's a bad idea if you guys want to do a drinking thing then Cold. we can we can figure else something right. else out right you know let's go up we'll get an airbnb and you know i will talk to their parents say hey they're gonna think that they're doing this on their own but the kids might all have fucking wine cooler or something like that where do you stand on that if you're against that then i won't do it but i'll be 10 feet away and you know like there's a better way to experiment with being a grown-up than to do something Right. behind my back or something or try to pull one over on me which it's inevitably going to happen I know that but like yeah. I just tried to explain to him in that moment that I'm always going to have what's best for him in my mind and he might have hit a hybrid again it could have hit that tree and it could have been the wrong decision but it wouldn't have been like I was secretly a double agent for JR fucking want to beat the shit out of JR right but okay so when we were on the golf course back in April I think mm-hmm. you did the same with me because I was pulling out my iron and you're like that's a hybrid. I was like, no, that's an iron. It wasn't because I didn't trust you. Just maybe a quick yeah. perspective here from yeah. the coach to the person playing. My five iron is safe. I'll hit a five iron. I'll hit. I'll hit a shot all day long with it. I'll get it off the ground and I'll. It'll get somewhere most likely straight because I'm sure. pretty good with my five iron. Hybrid, not so much, which is a little bit more wonky than a five iron. Am I right? This is literally the conversation I have with him because he feels more comfortable with Correct. that than he was hybrid. So he was, because he wanted to please the He was audience, Joe 2.0. He, yeah, yeah, he was, you, you want to do, do the safe thing. Sure. And sure enough, I hit the hybrid that day. I was like, shit, I can hit a hybrid. Right. It was a great shot. So just so you know, maybe that could have been what was going through his mind is I'd rather be safe and short. On the on the on the on the shot, then you know 
possibly awesome, but maybe wonky. So, you know. Right. But to be a better golfer, you, you Joe, yeah. need to learn to hit that club. Because it hits the ball further. Yeah. And so if you you're not doing it on the course, where else are you going to be doing it? Right? So yeah, I agree. No, sometimes right. it's no better to be safe than I'm sorry. Aha, <laughs> well, uh-huh, wisdom right there. <laughs> We're going to play that on the way out. Yeah, That's of course we are. I'm going to look song. that right up. Just like the Golden Girls. I loved that part of our last <laughs> podcast, by the way. And it did. It kind of came through. It was a little quiet at first, and then I held it closer to the microphone. It was, that was cute. Really fun. Okay, so this is a great transition. Let's do it. So um, all of this golf talk and what happened on the golf course with um, Seiko and with JR, that, in, 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 in summary, you could always say that, you know, Seiko's going through a transition right now. He has to try something new. He's getting taller, getting heavier, um, different rates, you know, his body's going to change, his mentality's going to change, peer pressure is going to change, and his golf game is going to change as well. So uh, the the conversation I'm thinking we should have is when in relationships, ultimately people have to make transitions, unless they're one of these couples who got married in high school and married like 65 years later and never changed. It was the same old thing. I'm not saying it went perfectly, but it happens, mm. right? So what is the best way to transition out of your old habits or old ways that you're not even aware about yeah. um, to a newer way of living? Because or operating or, you know, it doesn't need to be styled yeah. relationship. I think maybe that's where you're trending towards talking about. But yeah. Um, I'm going to do one more golf analogy and it's going to help with this and then we'll get out of golf. But um, around the green, it's called the short game because you're a shorter distance to mm-hmm, the hole. Mm-hmm. And Seiko has, because he's not really strong enough to get like a three or a four iron in the air yet. So we decided yeah. to have more wedges so he can hit different kinds, learn to hit different kinds of shots. Like a, one that pops up high and stops real yeah, fast. Yeah. And then, or one that it goes lower and then it kind of rolls out like a putt. Yeah. And so he's getting all of this great practice in with right. that. But now that he has a 60 degree wedge, which has a lot of loft and I'm, I'm holding my hand to the mm-hmm. table in an obtuse angle where when you hit the ball, it just kind of pops up in the air mm-hmm. and he's so, cause it's like a new toy for him. Yeah. He wants to hit that all the time and he could have a shot where he's on the edge of the green and there's about five feet, which isn't very far. It's like mm-hmm. probably the length of, you, Joe, if you were laying down. <laughs> right, right. And then, then the, the hole is way on the other side of the green. So in that situation, you would want to hit like a wedge or a nine iron and just bump it bump on and, and have roll. it roll. Yeah, right. bump and run. And Seiko just wants to hit the 60 all the time now because it's his new toy. Right. And he's like a four-year-old who just got a new transformer. You know, right. like, but um, it's the wrong shot. And oh. so what I say to him is, okay, we have time because I always have a lot of time with him on the golf course. Let's do this. Let's hit 10 shots with your 60, and then we'll take an average distance to the hole with those 10 shots. Then I'm going to give you a nine iron, and you're just going to take this little tiny swing, yeah. and it's going to hop on. Because when you have less loft, you don't need to swing as hard because it goes lower and faster. Yes. The velocity off the club is higher. Make yes. sense? Yes, of course. And he hits 10 with a 60, and his average distance away is nine feet and four inches. From the hole. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then his average distance with a nine iron was like four feet and three inches. Oh, big difference. Now, from four, th- four feet and three inches, you will make that putt 71% of the time. Yeah. And from nine feet away, you'll make that putt 30% of the time. Oh. 
So that's a shot every other time you have that. So that's the difference between shooting 42 and 40 in a nine-hole round of golf. Yeah. By choosing the right method to get it close in the short game. So, Josh, you said this is a metaphor. Well, thick-headed people. The metaphor is, like, if you keep trying one method or try mm-hmm. one way of doing things and it's not working, mm-hmm. why do you keep doing it? Mm-hmm. Seiko, why do you keep hitting the 60 if you're only hitting it to nine feet when if you did the bump and run thing, you'd hit it to four feet? Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not here. I'm not trying to do this podcast to tell people the way that I do it's the right way. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying there's other ways to try it. Oh, I agree. And we, keep, we talk about relationships a lot. We talk about sex a lot. We talk about communicating a lot. Mm-hmm. So all I can do is talk about those three items, right? right. And we, t- we talk about infidelity a lot. All I can do is talk about how I think it should be handled. Or how it should be handled before it even happens, or how it how it should be treated once it happens. Like I, all I can do is answer the questions you pose to me, right? So, this is a real blanket statement, people. If the way you're trying to do friendships, or relationships, or whatever, if it's not working, understand that, and then maybe try something different. I know that seems very generic. But yeah. people don't. They just keep trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. Like it's just that. What's that saying? Um, the definition of insanity is doing, doing the same thing, same thing over and over and expecting yeah. a different, different result. Results, right. Okay. So let me have. And it's a, brilliant. It is brilliant. A lot of those I can't stand. Right. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Like when time flies and you're having fun. I, <laughs> but this one I is this quite true and um this goes back to relationships and how we pre- okay let me ask you a specific scenario um somebody's been married 15 years sure good wife or person tried like this is a from a female's perspective mm-hmm. just for one because um, that must be so much different than a male. Person. No, I, I, I'm teasing uh, you. I'm just having fun here. I'm yeah, not breaking I know, your chest. I know, I know. So, so you've been married 14, 15 years. You perceived yourself to have been a good wife, not a perfect wife, but you know, whatever, because nobody is, um, including company. Well, my tape was. <laughs> From whose perspective? So, um, <laughs> no, no one. So, uh, the question is: You're finally out of that relationship correct so now you're going oh my god freedom and mm. this has a lot to do with age as well right 14 years well, it depends on what the question you pose is right. but i would agree probably yes okay so somebody's married 14 years sure. you're really in a groove there i mean you're you have your day down if you have a standard way of living yeah right and then you get divorced for whatever reason sure. or you get separated um suddenly it's like freedom like shackles off Right. And maybe you met some, maybe you got married when you were between 20 and 25 and now you're 35 and 40 and you're looking hot. You're feeling great. And the question is, how far would you go to go the other way? You were such a good, quote unquote, girl for 14, 15 years. How far do you let the wild side go? What would you advocate? Wow. I mean, we see, so folks, we do talk <laughs> about the show for, we don't like to overly produce it. We don't write, Joe, from time to time, especially used to write a lot of notes, but we did pregame this for about five minutes while I was trying to stuff El Mex down my pie hole. <laughs> and we didn't talk about this. So this is a, this is a question uh, I didn't expect to be posed. I think it kind of relates uh, okay. to what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, right? maybe a touch. But I mean, and, and 
even maybe let me say it differently. Like, how much do you experiment with other kinds of types Listen, of relationships? There's n- there's no right or wrong answer. Of to course, this. of course not. Um, I think a lot of that is predicated on when that relationship ended. It doesn't need to be a marriage. How unhappy were you in it? If you were wildly unhappy, you will probably go 180, right? Yeah. If it was just like it wasn't quite right or perhaps they left you and you're mm-hmm. sad about that, mm-hmm. you're you're a wounded fawn for many moons and you're probably not thinking about being too wild and crazy. Right. But if you feel like the person you were with, not that they were trash. I mean, you were, you were in love with them at one time. So I, I hate it when people do that or having a divorce party. Oh, yeah. Divorce parties, you can shove those right up your ass. Honestly, like, it I just, just makes don't. you look like you know an what? asshole because you that, were married to this person. That was the thing for like five years, about four or five years ago. And then I don't really hear anything about those anymore. Interesting. Do you? No, I don't. But you you did hear about them. Oh, definitely. That was like a so big thing. So I don't, like I don't like that. But yeah. you can say, and it is okay to say, that we were really trending apart. And I maybe I didn't even notice it until someone talked to me about it or someone had bad habits or they weren't affectionate enough or they did this or they did that or whatever the case may be. And, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of women, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to speak to this very, very specifically because I've been a little bit generic, not on purpose, just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it didn't need to be a guy or a girl in that situation. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I think unique to a woman, especially if it's someone who terminates a relationship in their, you know, mid thirties, late thirties, early forties, mm-hmm. they are kind of in their sexual prime at that point where men have that ship has sailed for probably a decade and a half at that point. But women are kind of in their prime with that. And if they were in a relationship where they didn't really appreciate that relationship anymore or didn't really enjoy that relationship anymore, they probably weren't having a ton of sex. So now I was going to say, Probably five. now they are in their sexual prime. Right, they're not with the person anymore. Where they were probably not feeling super amorous. Mm-hmm. Is that a good mm-hmm. way to say not feeling super horny? Right. I hate the word horny. <laughs> I know it's such a gross word. It's a weird. Like, what does that have to do with a horn? <laughs> you mean a, like a literal horn? Yeah. So what's horny? I don't know. People, <laughs> that's call a very in, good question. Text in. What do you call it when you're like super in the mood? And don't say horny because I've already dismissed that word. I don't fucking like it. All right? Hormonally? We need, Maybe that's where it comes from. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, it, it can't. But anyway, yeah. Text in, call in, email in. You guys are good with this. What's a better word? Yeah. So anyways. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of people that if they're, especially if they're generally someone who's in a good mood. They are now not shackled by monogamy or being with the person mm-hmm. or only being with the person that they were supposed to be with in this marriage, this monogamous, you know, yeah. structured relationship. And they're feeling, man, I am in my sexual prime. I'm allowed to bone someone new. Yeah. And it's just like, so yeah. how wild and crazy should someone get? I don't know. Just be somewhat healthy about it. As crazy as you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, You'd encourage it. Just be like, get the uh, hell out there. A hundred percent. But I mean, you got to know your. Reasons? But you got to know yourself. Okay, for what reasons? There does not have to be a reason. Whether you are 16, 26, 36, 46, 56, just keep going until death. You don't need to have a good or right reason to fuck someone. 
Oh, I meant like for, for, for okay. <laughs> as long as everyone is cool with it and understands the circumstance. Right. This is what we talked about back in the day when we talked about the first time we had mm-hmm. the birds and bees and talk. We mm-hmm. know, and I said, my mom's like, oh, well, you know, you're getting around the time where you should know that, you know, if you're really in love with someone, there are some things that I think you should know. And then she gave me the two books. Right. Well, right. I would take that comment out of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you really love someone, like I just don't think that needs to really be part of it. A lot of the time it is. And most of the time in my life, that has been the case. Yeah. Not because I still listen to the words that echo in my mind from my mom from when yeah. I was 16 years old or 15 years old. Not that. But just because, you know, especially as I've gotten older, I, I have become demisexual. Like I don't become physiologically aroused by someone unless I care for them or I care about how their day goes. Like I don't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Um, and that's very intimate to share, but it, I have before and I have no problem saying that again. But, um, yeah, I mean, how wild did someone go as wild as they want to, because they don't have the constraints on them anymore. But as long as you can absorb whatever that interaction is emotionally, as well as the physical part, right. I mean, anyone wants to get some strange, that's a fun way of saying new action. <laughs> that's great. As long as you can handle it and you are equipped to handle that between the ears and you're safe about it. Did you ever in your life feel like you did go as far as you wanted to and maybe a little too far in some situations? No. When I, when I, when I jettisoned myself from my marriage, mm-hmm. I was still, you know, watching four seasons of the OC, watching Friends, watching this, watching that, my lobster this, my one that, and... <laughs> I thought when I was done with my marriage, I had to get right back in. That was the only way to show that you were a man. That was the only way to show that you were a worthy man was to get back into another monogamous or monogamish relationship. And that's how you showed your mettle. Nope. You show your mettle in life, whether you have a penis or a vagina, by saying what you mean and doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what's a good person. Yeah. And I don't think it's an opinion, Joe. I think that's right. You know, if I can go through that match the other day and still root for Jr. before, during, and after to play well, I mean, yeah, I hope that my kid plays better, but he was up against it. Jr. is a four, Seiko's a seven. Like, it would have been very hard for Seiko to win that match. That was their handicap disparity. But I got done. Jr. won. Seiko, here's how Seiko handled it. She reluctantly shook his hand, walked up to the top of the hill, gave some high fives, Gave Jake, who was our wonderful playing partner, a hug, not a handshake, a hug. And Jake loved it. And he walked right over to the table right next to the door to the pro shop, grabbed a bucket of range balls and went right down to the hill to practice. No kidding. Joe, he did that after he played 36 fucking holes on Saturday. Walked up to the top, gave some high fives, grabbed a bucket, went right down. That's crazy. And not because he was sad. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, I need to work on this. I had a couple of bad wedges. I'm going to go work on some wedges. And we're all following him to console him. And he's looking at us like, what the fuck do you want? I'm just trying to get some practice in. If you want to help me, great. If not, go have a beer or go hang out with the guys. Go what watch a, the other matches. What a great he's thing to watch. He's what a great thing to he's watch. Greatest. And it's, uh, you know, but, you know, but back to that thing. It's just, 
I, that's I'm sorry. There's an, that's that's another good analogy. You come out of a bad relationship, and ultimately, every one of us have come out of, of a course, bad relationship. Of course, don't whine. Don't the worst, complain. the most unattractive thing. Don't be dramatic. And you know, I know I've spoken about bad relationships in my lifetime too. But I'm not sitting there like no way. You don't do that. You don't do that. But a lot of people do. Yeah. And like, you go out on a Tinder date. You go on a date, or you know, if someone fixes you up. You go out and. You know, you get talking. You know, it might not necessarily talk about specifics of a past relationship, but you go, <laughs> and women do this far more than men. Right. They're like, oh, you seem so nice and so thoughtful. That's so refreshing from my, you know, uh, recent relationships. It's the same thing as saying, oh, I went out with this guy named Skip and he was a fucking dick. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. And I agree. It's so unattractive. I was just about to say that's really like maybe it's the age group I'm in and the people I interact with, you know, of the male species. They just don't want to hear the drama. Yeah. You guys are at a point where you're just like, okay, let's have fun. You know, let's be positive. Let's yeah. do something forward or productive yeah. or constructive. The the whoa is me. Do you- do you have an idea what I've been through with romance? <laughs> no. Do I care? I'm afraid you're going to tell me. <laughs> and there are times where I've been with people where I've wanted to know and I've wanted to ask and yeah. I've been curious. And it ends up being a fun conversation or a funny conversation. If they have a positive go forward, oh, well, that was an idiot move attitude, yes. Yeah. But when it's about, I'm not a whiner. Do you know why it's unattractive? Why? Because they fucking chose that person. Joke's on you, Sally. Yeah. You chose Pete. Yeah. And I'm not even breaking your chops for it, but we're going to have some fun with that. (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's on you. (laughs) Oh, like, you know, he used to wet the bed because he was shit-faced. Oh, well. (laughs) Good choice, Sally. I'm going to tease you for that one. Thanks for that ammo. But it's fun ammo. It's not yeah. meant to be mean and spiteful. Yeah. Like, if we can't laugh about the things that we've f- fucked up on, oh, it took me a long time to figure that out, Joe. Really? Mm. To laugh about it versus get mad? Do you get or mad? Or when I screwed up, if I hit a bad shot or I oh. missed a free throw down the stretch of a big high school basketball game or... You know, I did not want to talk about my bad things that I did. And Seiko is way better at that than me. Mm. And he's only slightly above average at it. Yeah. But this is interesting. For exceptional athletes, more often than not, they're terrible at talking about what they didn't do well. Of course. Look at Tom Brady. Look at, like I was watching one of these YouTube shorts the other day with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was kind of a mostly backup quarterback for his NFL career. He was a starter, but if he was a starter, it was because someone was out. And let's say like a really good quarterback, like an A or B list quarterback was injured halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. And he took over the team and they went 500 the rest of the year, meaning they right. won the same number of games they lost. And they were like, well... I could get him for $10 million a year, but if I signed Brady or Rodgers or, or Peyton Manning, that would cost me $35 million a year. So let me try to ride with this guy. So he started the year as a starter sometimes, but right. it wasn't anyone's first option. But he had some ability, and he's a very likable guy. Now he does all kinds of commercials, and he's on broadcast all the time. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they used to call yeah. him... Um, uh, Fitz magic because he would, hmm. you know, pull stuff out of the air. Like he would scramble for a touchdown or throw one off his back foot. Like he, an interesting guy. But um, yeah, I just, 
he's he's fidgeting. This makes him so uncomfortable. No, because I'm trying fidgeting. to say the right thing. Like okay. there's a there's a point in any podcast, there's a point in any conversation or any relationship where you're trying to like really drop the hammer. It's just like Yeah. And not to drop the hammer in a mean way, but you try to say the thing that's the most poignant. Like you can't just can't like we go back to when something keeps not going the right way, then you got to make a big change. Yes. You can't keep expecting it. You can't keep changing the the people and expecting how you are trying to operate and have that stay the same. Like if 80% of people that are attractive and attract other people don't do well at quote unquote keeping it in their pants then don't have that be a rule or have have the rule be, hey, let's at least talk about it when we're attracted to someone else. Or right. let's be monogamish where we're kind of monogamous, but sometimes we have a guest in the bedroom. Like there's so many different ways to handle life. And I just get so sick of everyone saying like, oh, yeah, I mean, if it was a good man or if she was a good woman, then she wouldn't be thinking of other people physically. Mm. Just sounds like someone with a low sex drive to me, <laughs> you know, right. but, you know, but back to the Fitz, Fitzpatrick thing, like where I was going with that is he tells a story in this YouTube short where he respects Brady for being this great player, but he thinks he's a dick. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 that's kind of the minority opinion. Why do you think that? He goes, well, the two teams that I quarterback for the most in my career were the Dolphins and the Jets. Two teams that until recently have been pretty bad for about a decade, which if you go back a decade, now you're into, you know, into Tom Brady's prime. So they would play each other twice a year because they're both in the AFC, Mm -hmm. the American Football League conferences Mm -hmm. um, in in the East. So they would play against those teams twice a year, once home, once away. Mm -hmm. And there was a streak for a while where he beat the Dolphins and the Jets like for eight straight years. Right. So eight straight years times two appearances, 16 times, Mm -hmm. times two teams, 32 straight wins. Mm -hmm. So finally, he wins a game with the Jets against Brady. And let's say, you know, the Patriots were 12-point favorites, which is Mm -hmm. a huge favorite in the NFL. And um, after every game, everyone knows this. You don't have to know shit about football. You come out to midfield after the game and you shake hands whether you won or lost and you say quarterbacks will go up to quarterbacks Uh, wide receiver will go up to a wide receiver so usually kind of go up to your you know equal on the other team the guy that plays the same position as you and then everyone tries to kind of be seen with Tom Brady and give him a high five because you want someone that good you you might not think this or say this to anyone but you want to give him a high five right because he will go down as the best that's ever done it. And it wouldn't be that bad to have a photo of you shaking his hand in the midfield. So you can say when you were 70, yeah, Tom and I were boys. Yeah. He beat the shit out of me, but I tried my best against him, whatever. So after the one game he lost, he went right into the locker room and didn't come to midfield to shake his hand. Like, I think that's shitty. Yeah. Yeah, you can throw the ball a long way. You can throw it very accurately. You can call the right play. You can hand it off at the right time. You can motivate your guys by yelling at them on the sidelines which is questionable. Some people don't like that about right, him either. Right. But be a good loser, you know, and you can be really good at sports. And a lot of people that are really good at sports, they use it as an excuse mm. to like, you know, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. Mm. Like it's okay to be a dick when you lose. I am not teaching my kid that. It's so funny that that also relates to relationships say two people were not a match and mm-hmm. one person either got dumped or is being dropped 
you know what? Okay, so you lost. You, you, some, okay, let's meet. But I it's got, not a don't... match. Like, you're already talking about, like, it's a sport. It's, no one lost. They wanted to keep going. The other person didn't. But why would you want someone not to practice their basic human right of being able to terminate well, this, a relationship? This is my point. Ultimately, one person's going to get hurt, Correct. right? Okay. So the person who's getting hurt, it doesn't, it's not... As bad good, look. It's it's not a good look to be like, yeah, but he was an asshole anyway. Unless he truly was. Well, and, if he wasn't, why did you still want to be with him? Well, that, why are you upset about a break? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. It boggles my brain. And then it's like, okay, well, you keep hanging on to that negative feeling. It's because you want to have an attachment to this person. And that's... You know it's say? also ignorance and insecurity. Someone who gets really grumpy about that, especially when someone ends it in a respectful way, yeah. might not be... No one that was ever broken up with who has an IQ under 100 ever thought they were broken up with in a fair way. Mm. They don't. But someone who's mm. a high operating person emotionally, at least with emotional EQ, whatever you want to call it, they'll understand that why would I want to keep trying to tread water with this person if they weren't really into it? And Oh, my pride you know, would not let could, me do that. <laughs> It could, well, you got to work on that shit. No, no, no. My pride wouldn't let... Back in the day. No, my pride would not allow myself to be like whining over a guy. Oh, oh, who oh, okay. Because I'm just like, fuck you. Well, you fuck didn't want anyway. me. I didn't want you. <laughs> Even though you did. And you're like, I didn't want you. You're eating ice cream and wiping tears from your eyes. Watching the OC. And watching the OC. Watching Luke manhandle Marissa. Yeah, back in the day, I probably would have. But, you know, these days, it's kind of like... I think it's low EQ and insecurity that puts someone in that spot. I don't think either of those things inherently make someone an asshole, but it doesn't not make them an asshole either. Like, if someone doesn't choose you or they don't want to spend as much time with you as you want them to, you got to just... Just because someone doesn't want to spend as much time with you as they want they want you to doesn't mean they don't like you or care for you. They just have other things. They have other things and that's okay. It doesn't make them a bad person. And it doesn't make the person who was rejected, like say that was me to go, Oh, I must be such a loser. You know what I mean? Like, no, you internalize that. Not you. You Yeah. Yeah. English sucks. The biggest thing that makes English suck is that there's no differentiation between you and you plural. And we have to keep saying that. I say it three times a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like in Spanish, it's two, meaning yeah. you singular, or vosotros, which is you plural, yeah. right? You've impressed that trough. That, like, wow, <laughs> that hey, was deep. What are you doing after this podcast? <laughs> um, and <sighs> it's a hard one to say. It's, you know, uh, it's it's a hard one for everyone to handle rejection. I mean, we've covered 14 types of I topics. know, we were like all I over can't the wait place to see here. You do a summary for this one. <laughs> this one's going to be a challenge. I do. I do and, and I know we have to wrap up real soon, but I you know, the lesson for me in life and I and I have to remind some people sometimes. I do have friends who are much younger than me. I'm like half a century old. I've been through the world and back literally and figuratively, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knock on wood, nothing so devastating, like violent or, and you know, there, there's some people who have traumas out there that we have to kind of take yeah. out of this particular conversation because I've never been through that and I will never act like I know what they went through. Sure. So I've been through, I've, I have been through a lot and I just, you know, I have not survived this long by sitting in the negative can't 
right? It's a lonely person that does that. It's, it's all I can say. I, it's all I can say. It's like if you, if you're going to be negative about everything that happens to you, I mean, a lot of it is the narrative. I mean, it was the narrative podcast we did. We're really tying them all yeah, in. And you have right. you just have this narrative of, you know, you talk about the person that, you know, was married for 15 years or 10 years, whatever you said, and and they're finally out. Like if you're going to handle that, like, Boy, this guy was such a jerk, and I'm now I'm going to be an Eeyore and be trepidatious about anyone that I meet, and you know they're also going to you know do A, B, and C wrong like this other guy did. Yeah. Um, people can sense that. Oh. And even if you're not shitting on your ex, you're doing it by your body language, and you're doing it by oh. your tone. Interesting. And yeah, I mean you can easily see. I mean, I've been around the block long enough to know that. The only people I want to be around are people that have energy and um, positive, positive energy. and are looking to make your day better. Yeah. I can't learn anything. The other thing I don't want to do is hang out around can't gloss, people. We can't gloss over that. I agree. It's the, only thing you, it's the only thing you can want to do. You can't just be the giver, giver, giver all the time. Yeah. You've got to be a it's fountain exhausting. where you're exuding... <laughs> These beautiful, like, think of Bellagio. I love the Bellagio fountain. With the fountain. I mean, my goodness. You want to be a fountain and not a drain. You don't want to just be, like, sucking oh, up all oh the water. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. That's like a meme. Be a fountain, not a drain. I'm yeah, sorry. but I brought the Bellagio into it. Yeah, you, you classed it up. I did. Kind of, because it's I tried Las to change Vegas. it a little bit. And I know that saying's out there. I didn't think I originated that. But, yeah. um, no, my point, my point is this. Um... Just like, this is how I'm going to tie it all in, just like JR and the way Seiko acted on, on the golf course and any other sports person out there we watch on television, you know when somebody's in a piss mood. And guess what? Their next shot is going to be worse and worse and worse because a long time ago I learned, and this is a true scientific fact, it takes like 10 times more energy to be angry than to be happy. <laughs> so think about it. If no, you're it's right. In I don't sports, mean to Yeah. In sports, you're already exhausted. You're mm. walking, you know, yards and yards. You're, you're on your 14th hole, which is around the time I get tired, frankly. Yeah. And, you know, if you're pissed off, guess what? You're not going to do any better being angry because you got to conserve your energy, right? And in a relationship if or post-relationship, you're not going to find your next mate if that's what you want. If you're constantly like, yeah. you're just wasting your Do you fucking think, though, time. Just a good question for you. Do you think those people know they're being negative, and they think that they? Do you think that they know they exude um, an air of sadness or grumpiness or waiting for the other shoe to drop when the other shoe hasn't even dropped in the first place? Do you think they mm, they exude that? I don't think they mood know. Or mode. I here's why. I don't think they know they exude that and it's a bad look because if they knew they would be self-aware and being self-aware means you're trying to improve. So they're not, they not only not know, they're not self-aware enough and have fairly low EQ. Well, it is a spiral straight I, down to hell. I am not as um, bearish on that as you are. I think a lot of people know that they skip cardio at the gym. I think there's a lot of people that know they shouldn't have the 14th donut. I think there's a lot of people that know oh, they shouldn't have the saying. seventh beer. I think there's a lot of people that know Or the fifth that. glass of wine at the L. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'd leave me out of this. Okay, Joe. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot of people that know they're not doing the work. I think there are. Oh. 
And you think they're that especially when sometimes you give them gentle reminders that perhaps they're not doing the work. But another story from another time. And that is another story. And I'm not even trying to get going here. I just think this was the ultimate this was like the ultimate mall food court episode. <laughs> I've used this a analogy bit of this, before. A bit of that. Get the frosty from Wendy's. <laughs> get the cinnamon twist from Taco Bell. You know, get the fries from McDonald's, and get the slice of pizza from from uh, Sicilian Delight. Right. That was the name of the place in, um, in the, Sangertown the Mall. mall. Right, right. So this was like a little bit of everything sprinkled in. But I think there's one cru- critical message again: is choose to be positive versus negative because being negative doesn't do anyone any good in sports in life in relationships in raising your children and dealing with your parents right am i yeah i get teased a lot because i don't go out in town and hang out and have beers with my guy friends or my whatever or these peeps or that peeps and i don't do this and i and i have this really really small circle of people i spend yeah. time with you're in that circle. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. <laughs> and then I wanted to say, well, if you saw how fucking cool and positive <laughs> the very few people are that I hang out with, Aww. you wouldn't want to fucking hang out with anyone else either because it only can get worse from there. Aww, when you true. have three or four or five people, which is literally all I spend my time with. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why? Why am I going to go down to wherever and have a bunch of cocktails We're looking for other friends? I don't fucking want anyone. I don't want yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's a my tough life world. is good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to. I don't want to change. I don't want. To, I don't want the composition of that to change mm-hmm. that much. I, and I will say, I so do, I want to spend all that time. I, a big resource of time. I want to spend it with those yeah. two or three or four or five people. I think I said this to you earlier, and I repeated it um, just five minutes ago or fifty minutes ago. You know, if you ha- if you were having a shit day, I'd never know it. I'd probably ask if I looked at you and was like, okay, his hair's a little bit uncombed and you know, he's looking a little disheveled, but he's trying to be happy. That's my look. What happened? Like, trying are to, you okay? I'm trying to go for that look. I do that once in a while, right? Like, are you okay? Like right. Jeffrey Winger from Community. Yeah. I wanted to make it look like I didn't care how my hair looked, you know? <laughs> okay, wait. Speaking of being um, positive and um, selfless, uh, I wanted to thank you on this pod for playing in the golf tournament uh, that another friend put together. Um, which raises money for charities. And mm-hmm. last year we won because of you. So we were the recipient of those funds this year. When I say we, meaning the chosen charity, which is Habitat for Humanity. Mm, yeah. So uh, I think the dollar signs are looking good. They're tallying up all the monies that were raised. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to thank you for rallying. He had a really bad back two weeks ago. Oof. Yeah. And uh, hopped up on painkillers. <laughs> I was going to say, and we won't talk about how he got through 18 holes. I don't really remember a lot of it, honestly, looking back. <laughs> but a lot of people said I was really pleasant that day. So maybe I was laughing. when I'm not acting like myself, I'm more pleasant. I don't know. But. I literally was laughing the whole time every time I came across you yeah. because I was like, he doesn't drink. What's he doing with his third jacket <laughs> Coke? And I'm like, I'm just going to walk away. I'm all that other stuff. Like that couldn't have been a great idea no. you went you even stayed for the banquet and you were I never hilarious the at the table you were just hilarious i don't remember going up and getting food 
<laughs> and, and Maybe is, Bob got my food. <laughs> I don't know. And you're usually the one who takes command of a room. Yeah. You were far, far. Hey, things not. were happening to me. <laughs> I wasn't making things happen to anyone else. And the funniest thing is, I, as I was driving away from the tournament site, I look over my shoulder and I see you and a few other people carrying coolers. I'm like, did they <laughs> just steal like a bunch of wine coolers? And I don't mean this, like, these things were it's huge. Like Fifty gallon coolers. I do know that happened because they're still at the top <laughs> of the stairs. <laughs> By the way, there's still about a thousand bottles, bottles of water. Of water now. <laughs> Please feel free to grab one on the way out. But thank you. I appreciate it. I know you guys had fun. It was I'm super glad fun. glad you guys had fun. And, uh, you know, next year we will reclaim that trophy. Yeah. Under better circumstances. That is right. So, I have my wits about me. Thank you for the positivity and yeah. the charitable act. And also just, you know. So what is this podcast going to be called? Because you always now, name them. Now. We're done. Is it going to be called. No, what is it going to be oh, called? Cool. It's going to be called Seiko's Golf and a Buffet of adult lessons <laughs> lessons okay i like that i don't know that's probably not what it's gonna be called it's, usually i listen to it again and then i come up with a title oh, yeah. yeah and it's usually funnier than i remember let me ask this question real quick yes of course it is it is a basic human thing to hate how your voice sounds when you hear it on like your voicemail greeting now that we're doing actual podcasts we're going to hear ourselves talk yeah have you come to terms with your actual voice versus your perceived voice of what you hear through your ears? When you I, have a wonderful, I love your, your voice is great. Like I, I don't have I, any issue with it. I'm just wondering like a lot of people don't like their voice. Sometimes um, when I get too close to the microphone, we get that little scratchy thing, but that's a technical thing. I've been told by many people that you have a great podcast mm. voice and I, they actually also like my podcast voice. But if, I'm also like purposefully talking like this because this is like my receptionist voice. I don't know. I think you, you don't sound that Sometimes I off. screech. And At least the first it. cousin to that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm okay with my mm. podcast voice. We yeah. might even try some singing one day. So. You have to ask me twice. <laughs> Actually, you do do some singing. Can it be Wham or George Michael? Hey, we got to do a rendition of Take On Me at some point. Cause that's... <sighs> Those are some tough notes. Yeah. Careful yeah. what you wish for. <laughs> exactly, the false setup. Really tough notes. How about I'll sing it until the part where the refrain was Take On All right. Me. I can do that. Okay, go. Take On Me. <laughs> take Me On <laughs> But the next three notes, those are you. Be gone in a day. Yeah, no one's gonna hit that note. We're sorry for that. I'm out of tune. There's a decent chance we edit that part. That would be cut. Yes, please. All right, we gotta do a Seiko says podcast because I want to hear his perspective on how he did in a very adult tournament among his peers who he really cares and loves. So sorry we talked so much about it, but we try to make parallels in in real adult life. But if you guys can listen to the Seiko Says pod, I want to hear if how he perceived that tournament went is is similar to how I did because I obviously spilled my guts on it. I want to hear if he kind of thinks of it the same way. I think the most important thing about that day for him, at least from a person, a daughter's or child's perspective, is he, that was probably the most important audience in his life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it was you guys, your brother, fellow your, golfers, yeah, adult your, peers your that also play golf at a nice exactly yeah. in one of his favorite courses in the world, as we've established. So I think that'll be a fun conversation. Absolutely, so that'll be recorded soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for this hour and ten minute rambling. We always think it's gonna be forty five minutes. We're idiots. All right. <laughs> Have a good day, everyone.